welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. It's been quite a few months. May 2nd. May 2nd was the draft review. Lawn service was kicking in like high gear at that stage right after that because it was a super duper 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 late start. And, you know, I'd usually like to let just kind of let things pile up over the summer because there wasn't a whole lot of major, major news. There was news. Obviously, significant things happened. Some sad, some good. Uh, we didn't have the, like, say, like the death of uh, Jerry Burns like we did a year ago. And I, I was kind of in a purple mood already that around that time anyway. So it's like, oh, what the heck, you know, and it was, you know, obviously uh, a, a nice topic, albeit a very sad one. At least Jerry Burns lived a long life, along with the lines of Vin Scully, who died in 94 just recently, this past week, and Bill Russell. So, Bill Russell died of 80, at 88, not 8 or anything, 88, uh, with the Boston Celtics, uh, former Boston Celtics star, anyway. No real conversation as to their actual cause of death, other than, you know, they're getting pretty old, I suppose. Uh, obviously, we will give them a moment of silence to two absolute icons in sports history, Bill Russell and Vince Scully. No doubt about it. Uh, it's <laughs> very sad, very sad to see them go. But again, at least they lived very long lives. That's the positive side. There was unfortunately some untimely deaths that we're going to talk about as well very shortly. Again, this is the annual catch-up show, and it's literally just about two, it's just two days different to like a, a year to the day. So save literally two days. 363 days ago, I recorded Tying Up Loose Ends 2021, August August 8th, pardon me. So it's August 6th, and it's the same weekend every year, like the first or second week of August on the weekend, I'm able to record this episode to kind of, again, get caught up with little stories, some some signings, some news, this and that. Not going to majorly get into training camp, but of course, we'll, I'll just kind of talk about what I've been hearing, this and that, <clears throat> certain uh, pluses and minuses in that, but uh, the days of the training camp episodes, unfortunately, have been over uh, for now. Maybe someday, when my job situation kind of, you know, <laughs> clears up a bit, obviously, I'm just too busy, unfortunately, this time of year to get hard and heavy into training camp that you know sometimes you almost have to be there to actually make a good show or again drop make a big project and drop a lot of names and this guy is going to do this and that guy's going to do that of course i'm going to talk about it a bit but not over the top you know like uh obviously depth charts and such like why not get somewhat into that though some of the depth charts may be pretty much bogus as well because it just kind of is what it is um so should I just jump into some of that now, and then I'll get kind of caught up in the stories? This might actually be a one-segment shot. I think I might actually do it that way this year, um, where I, it's going to kind of be like fan interaction merged in as I get caught up with the news of this and that. Otherwise, again, I, I guess I'll look at the depth chart a bit right now. Obviously, of course, Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Uh Sean Mannion remains the number two guy. Kellen Mond, conversation, of course, uh, from Judd Zolgad locally, is that Kellen Mond is not really close to becoming the number two quarterback. He's having trouble beating Sean Mannion to the number two quarterback range, so that's extremely disappointing. Considering, well, Kellen Mond was one of the older seniors. He was one of the older players in the draft class for uh, 
2021. Of course, he was born in the 1990s still. Whoa, that's ancient. He was born in the 19th, no, the, no, the 20th century. What am I talking about? He was born in the 20th century, was Kellen Mond, so he must be ancient. Uh, a little bit. No, he, he turned 23 on June 22nd. He's not like that old or anything, but uh, obviously it's disappointing to hear that, that he, he's still not really, it's, that it's still unlikely that Kellen Mond's going to beat out uh, Sean Mannion for the number two job, so he remains number three at the moment, but I suppose anything could happen. So, again, that's kind of bothersome. Like, come on, Kellen Mond. you got to hope and pray for something to change with that. But again, Kellen Mond remains number three at the moment. Both quarterbacks have been working with the number two, as apparently talk is that the whole number three unit has barely been practicing at all because the coaching staff and all them want to focus more on the ones and twos. Understandably, of course, your offensive left tackle uh, situation is Christian Derrissaw, which is fantastic. Looks like Brig Brandel is one of the uh, depth guys behind there. We'll see what happens with him. Ezra Cleveland remains the left guard. Wyatt Davis, we'll see what happens. Wyatt Davis could play right guard, left guard. So far, Wyatt Davis remains buried a bit, kind of third stringish, third stringer-ish at the moment. Garrett Bradbury, it's going to be super interesting there when it comes to the center position. It sounds like he's not been all that great. The coaching staff is frustrated. Uh, Austin Schlotman it could be slotted in as a backup. Otherwise, it could be uh, Reed, actually. Could be the uh, the guy to take over the center position long-term for the Minnesota Vikings, or, or should we say short-term, if the Vikings actually decide to move on from Garrett Bradbury, which could happen. It actually could happen, which is kind of interesting. Chris Reed, of course, is the guy who could play center or guard. 30 years of age. He's a seven-year veteran. He's from Minnesota State Mankato and recently played with the Indianapolis Colts. Austin Schlottman could be Schlotted in. Okay, yeah, you get the idea. It's an awesome name. Awesome. Um, okay. <laughs> Monster of a guy, six foot six. Played most recently with the Denver Broncos. Very sparingly, but he played with the Denver Broncos. Sparingly, I think you get the point there. Um, mm, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, though. So it's Bradbury, Schlotman, Chris Reed, guys like that. Chris Reed actually has a very good chance of, of starting somewhere. Somewhere. One of the guard positions or the center, but the interior offensive line, Chris Reed, could wind up as a starter. He's a versatile guy, and he's pretty good, actually. So that's the talk, Garrett Bradbury, yeah, where Chris Reed could be the short-term solution at the center position at the very least. If not a, you know, it's kind of, you know, longer than a year or two. Might end up being three, three years. He's not that old or anything. Linemen last a long time sometimes in this league if they're able to stay healthy. God willing. Jesse Davis right now could be the starting right guard. Right guard is a position that has really been like, okay, who's going to play at right guard? I have no idea. And, of course, left tackle and right tackle, a guy who could play both tackle positions, and of course he's played guard, and he's been here, and he's been there, and it's been an up-and-down frustration for him. Started last year as the right guard. I was just looking at him, but yeah, it's Ole Udo, of course. Uh, naturally a tackle, but he's played at the guard position as well, particularly at the right guard last year. Started off very positively, and as the year progressed, we all saw what happened. Uh, false start this, and holding that, and, and he, he just... It was really a shame because he started off so good. He looks so freaking good. Uh, Jesse Davis right now could be the right guard. It could be Chris Reed. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But there's a pretty good chance you could be having two new offensive linemen here starting to start out the season or at some point during the season where they're like, like 
the guys that hang on to the positions throughout the rest of the season and maybe even the next year's uh, training camp and such. Chris Reed and Jesse Davis might end up having those spots. Ed Ingram has a very good chance as well to be one of the better ones. He might end up being the replacement for Wyatt Davis long-term uh, with the guard position if Wyatt Davis truly is a flat-out bust. That would be huge, though. A third-round pick that doesn't even play a snap in the NFL? Could you imagine if that happened? Ah, that sucks. Uh, he didn't get cut or anything, but not yet. But what if he does? Could you imagine? That could end up happening. Ed Ingram, of course, again, with the number twos right now, but also people very positive and encouraged with uh, his possible progress going forward. Of course, right now he'd be up number 67, of course. He was a second-round pick, so they're not really messing around. It's a uh, late second-round pick, but still, they're not really messing around with the guy at that position. At least I would hope so. Wyatt Davis was taken again in the third round in 2021 draft, the 2021 draft, the later stages of it. But still, you know, come on. Come on, Wyatt. Let's go. Were they born on the same day? That doesn't make sense. Wyatt Davis, February 17th. Eddie Grimm, February 11th. I think it's actually older. Interesting, by about a week. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, you get the idea there. <laughs> Brian O'Neill, of course, is your right tackle, and there's really not much doubt about that. So here I go talking about kind of about training camp, but it's really not training camp. It is, but it isn't. Just kind of how things are. Nobody's going to unseat Brian O'Neill, and it is ironic. I got to make fun of something really quick. You know how. Brian O'Neill made the comment about coaches not looking you in the eye and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it'd be nice to hear that, have the how are you doing type of thing. I have to admit, and if you're my age, 43, Generation X, maybe slightly younger, maybe you're what you classify as an older millennial or Xennial, whatever, you're kind of X, kind of millennial, like early 80s born or something like that. The typical, the stereotypical millennial and Gen Z, do they look you in the eye? When you at the workplace, or do they just kind of ignore you in the hallway? Seriously, though. I mean, who's the one not looking you in the eye? That's the funny part most of the time. I had to get that in. Uh, you know, because I, I, it's, it's like, wait a minute. You know, because what do I go through every day at work? People, they, they know you, you. They see you every day. They don't even look at you half the time. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. And, I, well, I mean, I, mean, I, I can understand Brian O'Neill's frustration. Sounds like he'd be a good virgin of one of those types of guys. And obviously, Brian O'Neill's a freaking starting tackle in the NFL. So, of course, you'd hope you'd look a guy like that in the eye, especially those eyes. Holy crap. <laughs> he looks pretty damn serious all the time, doesn't he? He's a, he's, a, he's one of the team captains, and he's awesome. Uh, God bless you, Brian O'Neill. I, I agree with your point of view. I just think it's ironic and funny. Uh, what was he, born in 95? So, yeah, that's like right on the, you know, he's, he's millennial. Yep, uh, Gen Z is maybe a year or two later and all that. They don't always look you in the eye either. I mean, I think you all noticed that, right? Right? Okay. Quarterbacks we talked about, offensive line we talked about. We all know Justin Jefferson is. He uh, says that, uh, I don't know, he uh, thinks that uh, by the end of the year he'll be the, the best receiver in the NFL. It's nice, good statement, this and that. I'm not big on that kind of thing. I'm not big on guys saying I'm going to pass for 5,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. I'm not big on all that kind of stuff. I'm not big on, on I'm going to be the best at this or the best at that. That doesn't always go well when that happens. Even if people are, uh, uh, you know, like uh, you know, like saying, yeah, 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 keep it up. I mean, that's great to hear. That's nice to hear uh, some confidence in this and that. Be careful. Be careful. I'm not a huge fan of that. So I'm not going to bash him for saying it, him being Jeff, Justin Jefferson. But, and I, there's no doubt he is, uh, 
top three, top five, top two wide receiver in the NFL. But, uh, you know, uh, Devontae Adams is the king of wide receivers right now, but he's also playing on Oakland. We'll see how that turns out. Um, Justin Jefferson, we'll see. I hope he is the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, go get him. Go get him, Justin. I hope so. Adam Thielen, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's stayed healthy for the most part in the, in the training camp. K.J. Osborne, loved him last year. Really loved the progress in his second year. Great, great job, K.J. Osborne. Hopefully, he can keep that up. People have talked nice about uh, Jalen Naylor. Uh, he's obviously a possible something or other. We'll see what happens. Could be a good in special teams. Might end up actually becoming a real wide receiver in the NFL someday. Uh, ISM or Ismir Smith-Morissette. We'll see what happens. Amir Smith-Morissette, I apologize. We'll, we'll see. Morissette, um, obviously, definitely has special team skills. Got some speed. Got something there. Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson's returning from an ACL. Uh, so, and I really like what Ola B.C. Johnson did two years ago before the ACL. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I'm really not. Um, so it's a nice group. It's a nice group of wide receivers. I mean, even Jalen Naylor all the way down there at the bottom because he's a rookie and this and that. There's potential with each and every one of them. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, tight end situation, Irv Smith. Of course, I guess this is kind of, this can kind of tie into the, the Facebook page and this and that. I'm going to jump ahead, of course, because this was much, much more recent. Unfortunately, needing thumb surgery. But uh, hopeful to return in week one. May or may not. It's a bump in the road. There actually was no comments, so that's a bummer. But, yep, thumb surgery for uh, Irv Smith Jr. Remember last year he had the ACL. So, doggone it. So, we'll go from there. That's your tight end position. Johnny Munt. Well, Johnny, it's your job right now for the moment. Zach Davidson, a lot of people really like what they see out of him. And then there's Ben Ellison. We'll have to wait and see there. But uh, Zach Davidson, a lot of people really like him. Definitely got potential going forward. Uh, I remember he was an intriguing pick a year ago. Did not play uh, a an actual snap. Maybe a bit on special teams, but did not play an actual snap last year. Six foot seven, two forty five, Central Missouri. Obviously, again, one of the more obscure guys. Uh, going in. I know he did not play a snap, so what am I talking about? Of course, there's nothing, there's nothing. So, that's unfortunate. We'll see what happens. Maybe can get on special teams and go from there. Running backs, we all know who Delvin Cook is. Please stay healthy, this and that. Alexander Madison, there's talks that he might be the odd man out at the end of the season because um, Nwangu has tons of potential and Ty Chandler might even be better. Ty Chandler might even be better. There was talk about, uh, from Judd Zolga, just the way he said it, it was kind of weird. Um, well, I mean, there, there's hope he'll make the team. Ty Chandler's going to make the team, right? Uh, Fifth-round pick would be disappointing to get cut. Uh, we talked about Nate Triplett quite a bit. Like, wow, they cut Nate Triplett years ago from a former Gopher linebacker coming to the Minnesota Vikings in the fifth round. Never played a snap in the National Football League, unfortunately. Um, at least not with the Vikings. Uh, Ty Chandler. I got to think he's absolutely going to make the team. He's a threat in multiple ways. Got a lot of speed, got a lot of skill. There's a lot there. I remember being extremely excited with Ty Chandler coming in uh, via the draft. Kenny Nwangwu looked so freaking exciting last year. Again, had the kick return touchdown. Finally, something with special teams. And he's another guy you could have in some creative packages. And with this offensive uh, coaching staff that is... uh, yeah, this offensive-minded head coach and, and uh, the, the guys under him and such uh, could could be a lot of fun. You might see some fun plays with Kenny Nwongo, Ty Chandler. Uh, Alexander Madison, obviously, he's one of those kind of guys. He can start. He can do this. He can do that. Uh, is he going to ultimately be a cap casualty at some point? 
Uh, maybe even as soon as the end of training camp, we'll see. But I got to think out of these four, Alexander Madison, unfortunately, is the most likely odd man out long term uh, going into next offseason. You might see all four of these guys on the roster this year. But next year, we'll see. C.J. Ham, definitely uh, Duluth's finest again. I used to call him Green Eggs and Ham. I don't know. I'm just being goofy. C.J. Ham, of course. Or, or old Ham and Eggs. I don't know. Uh, Jake Vargas is the other fullback in this training camp. C.J. Ham, though, everybody loves what he can do. Block and, of course, be a factor on some little plays here and there. But, of course, it's a totally different coaching staff. So we'll see how much we utilize the fullback and the actual offense outside of blocking going forward. Uh, love talking about that that offense. Let's talk about the defense a bit. Of course, again, this is a 3-4 set, 3-4 defense. It's going to be uh, extremely interesting to see where we go with this. Harrison Phillips, Delvin Tomlinson, of course, is the three technique or the main guy, I guess, to make the tackles, this and that. Uh, Daniel Hunter is actually an outside, left outside linebacker because you got four linebackers. Going to be extremely exciting what he can do with the pass rush on the outside. Again, right outside linebacker Zadarius Smith. DJ Wanham will be behind him. Chaz Surratt, a lot of people like him, but you never got to see him play last year because the coaching staff hated the uh, the draft because they hated Rick Spielman. Uh, ben Asamoah will be behind Eric Kendricks, the inside linebacker on the left side. Jordan Hicks, the starting uh, right linebacker at the moment with Blake Lynch backing up there as well. So very exciting. Uh, it's, it, I'm not all that, I'm not all that experienced keeping up with a 3-4 defense, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun experience keeping up with it. Definitely a bit more on speed in the back and all that, uh, with the linebackers, with some pass rush. You can get real creative. It's going to be fascinating to see. Um, again, not as much pressure, immediate pressure anyway, from the defensive line, but there'll be some. Harrison, uh, Phillips, TJ Smith rounding up the left side, Delvin Tomlinson, Armand Watts in the middle on the uh, the left defensive tackle, and again, right, and Janarius Robinson at the moment. There's the conversation there. Uh, we talked about the linebackers already. Eight guys there, left corner. Patrick Peterson coming back again, of course. Hopefully he can stay healthy. A lot of people believe he will be able to, and that you won't see a whole lot of uh, Cal- uh, Andrew Booth Jr. this year because of that. Come on now. I, I'm doubting that very much. I think Andrew Booth Jr., I'm going to go the opposite direction. It was one of those uh, predictions they do on the Score North Purple Daily Show, the predictions and such. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Andrew Booth is going to get tons of snaps this year. Uh, A lot of people look at him as the most likely guy to actually have a very successful NFL career in this draft. Lewisine is the free safety. That is a done deal at the moment. Well, yeah, at least he will be anyway, I should say. Cameron Bynum, he might end up replacing Harrison Smith someday, but right now he's the third out of those three. Otherwise, there's Mike Brown as well. Harrison Hand will give uh, Patrick Peterson a hand, I suppose, and the other guys. And Cameron Dantzler, Cam Dantzler, is the other cornerback. Of course, he's likely to start at the moment. We'll have to wait and see how things go. But talk is in this training camp, that the Minnesota Vikings defense looks really good, uh, actually. looks very encouraging. And, of course, again, totally different strategy, totally different uh, attitude going in. Uh, There's no fear-based approach, this and that. And I can kind of relate to that, even though it sounds weak, it sounds pathetic, especially if you're a football player. Like, what are you talking about? So that's where I can get a little frustrated here. I'm noticing something. Hold on. Lord have mercy. I had the wrong microphone plugged in or no microphone plugged in actually and it was just the laptop microphone so apologize if the sound wasn't real good maybe it wasn't all that bad 
I hope I hope it was okay, and I deeply apologize if the audio kind of stunk the first 19 minutes or so, uh, so of the show. But um, hopefully it was decent information at the very least. Uh, I have the proper microphone plugged in. I think I took it out to exchange information. Yeah, because I was uh, I was moving freedom of thought uh, episode because I often record that one mobile nowadays for my own personal reasons <laughs> and then transfer it out of the computer. So my apologies. I had unplugged the microphone. So hopefully the audio wasn't too bad. But back to the whole uh what do they call it, fear-based, this and that. I can kind of relate to that. Sometimes in the workplace, like, oh, your, your job could be in trouble. Uh, uh, you could be in trouble. Ah, uh, oh, shut up. That gets really tiring, especially when you know. You know you're like one of the one of the top people there. And, yeah, bring it on. You know, don't, don't talk stupid to me, this and that. And don't scare other people unless they actually absolutely deserve it. Of course, there are people that do deserve it. So maybe I, maybe I should just shut up myself right now. So, because... <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel that way at times. Uh, I get freaking frustrated, but that's life, isn't it? So let's try to get caught up with some of the, uh, yeah, obviously Josh Mattels is another one of those safeties who's uh, had snaps in the past. Obviously, there's something there. Uh, Chandon Sullivan, I'll talk about some of these guys just super briefly here. Um, Chandon Sullivan, former Packer, he actually was decent five years in the NFL. He's going to be a depth guy at the very least. Cam Bynum, really impressed with him last year. He was one of the better ones. Uh, Chris Boyd, I think his chances of making the team are a lot less than other years, but, well, whatever. He's 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 been here, so maybe he will be. Uh, maybe he'll get better. Um, we'll see, but uh, love the addition of Andrew Booth Jr. He's, uh, I think, long-term, going to be the best of the bunch when it comes to the cornerbacks and all that. We'll have to wait and see. Special teams, you still have, of course, well, the, uh, the kicker, Obviously, it's still going to be <laughs> Greg Joseph, of course, and then Jordan Berry will be the <laughs> the punter. So, obviously, there you go. You got your kickers. Obviously, you got your whole situation there. Jordan Berry will be the holder. Blah blah blah. It's kind of goofy. Why do they have this set up so stupidly? But they do. We'll just leave that alone. Again, Greg Joseph. Looking forward to what he will do in the future. Now let's get caught up in some stories and some transactions other conversations and such. Anthony Barr finally wound up with the Dallas Cowboys after all this time. August the 3rd, signed with the Dallas Cowboys. One year. One year contract. Chris Herndon, he signed with the New Orleans. Um, yep, the tie, yeah, the tight end we traded for signed, out, signed with New Orleans, uh, not yesterday, a couple days ago. Rashad Hill signed with the Washington Commanders now. Yep, Rashad Hill, guy I really appreciated for quite a while. He was a, definitely a nice stopgap tackle during those tough years that we've been through in the past. Kyle Sloter. Kyle Sloter is now going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good for him, I suppose. Nate Stanley was cut in July, unfortunately. Some people were a bit surprised. Uh, yeah, there's a few of these. I'm going to go back further here because we're talking way back at the beginning of May. Most of these are draft choices and such signed and like training camp invitees and this and that. Uh, the Vikings, yep, I think I talked about this on the last episode. Obviously, uh, the Minnesota Vikings declined the fifth-year option on Garrett Bradbury. Very understandable there on the rookie contract. So, again, this is, you know, this is a make-or-break type of situation with him. Of course, another rookies were signed. A.J. Rose ended up getting cut on the 1st of June. Chad Beebe wound up with the Houston Texans. Good for him and good luck. 
A.J. Rose wound up with the L.A. Rams. Gabe Burke, Burke we didn't really see him. Uh, Burke Kick, he's going to be a kicker, cute, for the Green Bay Packers. Andre Mintz wound up with the Denver Broncos, the linebacker there. Uh, Nate Stanley has not reemerged anywhere. It took all the way well into July for Andrew Booth to actually sign his rookie contract along with Ed Ingram. Interesting. So those two guys were kind of hanging on for a while. Uh, Sean Bayer, the tight end, wound up with the Denver Bronx. I already talked about Rashad Hill going to Washington. Chris Hernan to New Orleans and Anthony Barr to the Dallas Cowboys. So congratulations to those guys getting new contracts. Uh, Four-year con... No, these are the rookie years. Okay, never mind. Um... There's not much information on to how long their contracts were, probably just a year. Obviously, Anthony Barr, one year with the Dallas Cowboys. All the way until early August, Anthony Barr was a free agent. So, again, good luck and congratulations there. I'll see some of the brief conversations here on Twitter. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Uh, Pete Laflamme says, if the Vikes are in serious win-now mode, now then this draft is a D, is a, is a D at best. Yeah, because they're, they're projects, a lot of them. Um, I'm until some of these guys totally horrif horrify us by game one of the upcoming season and our starters. I can understand that uh, approach, Pete Laflamme. Uh, and then he says, I actually like the undrafted free agent group a whole lot. As, as a whole for the better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, Sam Gupta out of Cali says, see if Pete Laflamme, he is from Maine. He is from Maine. Interesting. Yep, that's what I thought. I think I brought that up before. That's also very nice to hear. Uh, retired from the USPS. Cool. Again, this is Twitter. Sam Gupta says, I really like this episode. I agree with you completely on your thoughts on the um, on the on the uh, Detroit trade. Yep, thank you for that very much. I didn't respond to him. What the heck? I, I'm sorry, Sam. Uh, he says, same, uh, actually, I think I did. He says, same here. Hopefully, it's just trade jitters for the first GM. Yeah, that weird trade in the draft. I was saying, thank you so much, Sam. The whole thing reeks of trades in the past that have haunted us forever. Hoping these will be different. Yeah, some of those weird trade downs. And again, uh, Detroit getting a really, really good ride receiver there. So that can scare you. And Green Bay also upgrading positions. We trade with the Packers. Wasn't that weird? Dave Vicky says, seven is... Still too early for a buy. Yeah, 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 in the schedule. Yep, the schedule coming up. And I'll talk more about that in the season preview. That may or may not be the next episode. There's a pretty good chance it will be, where I'll kind of go over what I think the Vikings record is going to be and uh, what's really going to happen. We'll talk about some more of the, uh, well, yeah, the final positions and such. Danae Brown says, geez, he's had no luck with injuries, and that would be, again, our guy. Yeah, our guy Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, last year he was out for the year. I was saying hopefully he'll still play the whole season. We'll see. Yep, uh, Tanae Brown is out of New Zealand. Really nice to hear from Tanae Brown. Dave Dave Hickey, a legendary uh, guy. Well, actually, all three of these guys are Hall of Famers. I could see Pete Laflamme getting there at some point as well. Pro Mafia Hall of Famers. Pretty soon, though. <laughs> well, luckily, the Facebook page has had some new people, some new followers. They haven't been commenting or anything, unfortunately. At least I don't think so. But there's been a bunch of new people jumping on board. I can sense, again, thanks to people like... Uh, Thanks to guys like, again, Kevin O'Connell taking over the, the Vikings reigns. Uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa as well, taking over the GM. Fans are a little bit more optimistic, a little more excited. Last year, of course, the you know the ongoing frustrations, people tired of this and that, tired of Rick Spielman trading down to get 95 seventh-round picks. Uh, Mike Zimmer just kind of 
at a dead end in his career. You could just see it as a head coach. It had become more of a dead end, and he was unhappy, and players were unhappy, and blah, blah, blah. And then people like me would come on the microphone and rant and, and you know, get upset. And then the Homer fan base would say, screw Purple Mafia, I'm not listening to this jerk anymore, and they'd unfollow the Twitter. So that was kind of the combination of things going on. The Twitter account is not recovered, but the Facebook page is growing now, where it had completely flatlined the last two or three years. Thank you, Kevin O'Connell, for uh, helping that out. And Quasi, Adolfo Mensa. Not sure about Quasi with the draft yet, but at least there's hope and all that such going forward with, uh, obviously, and, you know, Ed, Ed Donatel, uh, defensive coordinator with this interesting 3-4 defense. It's going to be fun. It's just it's at least something to monitor and, and enjoy during the course of the season, how the progress uh, progress goes with that. Uh, but it's nice to see the follower number just under 1,000. I'm hoping and praying with the momentum of things that Pro Mafia will finally get to 1,000 followers or likes or whatever by the end of, uh, or yeah, by the, by the next episode. I, I hope so. That felt like eternity, just sitting around in the mid to upper 900s for, it felt like years. So you could imagine the frustration there, just kind of flatlining forever. Mark Carlson, again, continuing off of the last episode way back in early May, the very beginning of May, right as cleanups were starting. Mark Carlson says, man, I'm so excited to hear this particular episode. I missed the whole draft and most of the news that surrounds it. I did follow the post on the basic page, but still, this episode is just what I need to get back up to speed. Thanks, Purple Mafia staff, and you're welcome. All one of us, all one of us, I'm the only staff, at least most of the time. Occasionally, some people do help out, believe it or not, behind the scenes, but that's a that's a secret, right? They don't want to be mentioned. It's, it's, it's little elves and stuff. Okay, yeah, you get the idea there. Uh, Veterans Day, no, this is Memorial Day. Thanks, uh, yep, there's a thank you to all those who serve, thank you. And it's a Snoopy and a bunch of uh, little Woodstock birdies saying American heroes and such. Yep, it's just, I, I really appreciate the veterans. I hope somebody didn't look at that and think, well, come on, Joey, this is this is the military, not kindergarten. But um, no, I, I didn't mean it that way, of course. Um, and Mark Carlson loved it. Yep, Mark Carlson, a veteran uh, in, in the early 90s and really appreciate uh, what Mark Carlson has done Obviously, again, been a wonderful, wonderful member of the Freedom of Thought podcast as well. <clears throat> Not on air, but he's actually, yeah, he's called in a few times and I really appreciate it. Hope to hear from him again. And, of course, more than welcome to call into this show as well. But, uh, yes, uh, we're very patriotic over there on uh, Freedom of Thought. You don't have to agree with my political views, but, <laughs> but uh, we are very patriotic. We love this country over there. Yep. Oh, Lord. This just... I remember I'm outside doing lawns, if I remember correctly. Actually, I was driving to to, 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 to do lawns. Pardon me. I'm, like, stuttering all over myself. And then all of a sudden, Cardinals cornerback Jeff Gladney killed in car accident. I'm like, oh, man. And that just broke my heart, you know. Um, obviously, you know, he'd been through a little bit of injuries in college. Came into the, you know, came into Minnesota Vikings, you know, as a, you know, he was our first first round pick uh, out of two guys, <clears throat> and looked fairly promising, looked looked good and all that, looked good, did well, got hurt a little bit, but there was there was promise with him going forward. It's like all right, you know, just let him kind of get things together, and then stuff came out about he was being accused of uh, what was it, domestic violence behind the scenes, and then the case was dropped, if I remember correctly. Yet he still didn't get to play a single snap the whole season. He was suspended the whole year, uh, you know. And then he's coming back with the Cardinals. Looks all that's promising. Of course, the Vikings had cut him and all that. 
because that's just, you know, that's just how people approach things these days. The Vikings had cut him and all that. Winds up with the Cardinals. You're hoping for the best here. Get things rolling. Let's see what Jeff Gladney can do. Wish he was still here. Wish, wish this uh, news didn't come up, but the case was dropped. So that's what's really interesting. And then he dies in a car accident. Oh, God. So I'm not sure the exact, um, the exact circumstances of the car accident, but geez, you know, that, that is really sad. You know, it's really sad. And only 25 years of age, Jeff Gladney never had to play a single snap with the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, obviously just heartbreaking, heartbreaking news. Um, we will give Jeff Gladney a moment of silence. God bless you, Jeff Gladney, and your family. Terrible story. Terrible. Mark Carlson says, oh, no, what the heck? Rest in peace, good sir. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then more death. More. Yes, more. Yeah, too much. Too much death. It's it's not a joke. It's very sad. Marion Barber the third. Are you kidding me? Marion Barber the third, A stud with the Golden Gophers under uh, Glenn Mason, who had two phenomenal running backs together, him and Lawrence Maroney. Uh, an absolute, you know, stud in college. And his dad was a star player for the Gophers as well. Interesting, I think, Marion Barber Jr. This is Marion Barber III, of course. So lots of Marion Barbers. Um, he was with the Gophers, obviously big star there. Him and Lawrence Maroney were just phenoms in college. And you knew both of them were going to be NFL running backs uh, and really good ones. Um <sighs> You know, it's 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 not if people live up to the hype or this or that, but he was still so valuable. At very least, he was a wonderful goal line threat, and of course, again, a human being as well. Of course, uh, he was a star for Wyzetta, Him being Marion Barber the third, of course, he was found dead in Texas. Um, it sounds like he overheated himself. That's what it was. Like the darndest thing. Uh, there was other. There was talks about. Oh, I forgot exactly what it was now because it's been so long um but he he had had issues behind the scenes that people thought maybe he overdosed um he'd he'd had issues behind the scenes and had overdosed instead it ended up not being that he'd actually overheated kind of like kind of like Corey Stringer where he just he just kind of out outworked himself he 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 overdid it he like overworked himself is what I'm trying to say when he was exercising and killed himself isn't that just crazy? So, um, I don't know if he had the heat turned up too high, this and that, but it was a combination of things where, yeah, it was like the way Corey Stringer died, but indoors. Yes, very much overworked himself. Um, just, yep, and he was found dead in his in his home. So, just, ugh, where he, he, he was a very quiet person, just kind of did not want to be around much. Just didn't want to be around much, the kind of the quiet, keep-to-yourself type, which sometimes... Some of us are like that. Uh, but he'd become very much like that full-time, I guess. So people were very worried. They're like, okay, we don't hear from him much, but we're not hearing from him at all. And then they investigated the situation and they found him dead. Yikes. You know, so it's just a very terrible story. Marion Barber III, we will now give him a moment of silence. Okay, death, you can stop now anytime soon, please. That, that's sad, really sad. No joke whatsoever there. Um, oh, Marion Barber the third. What a what a what a wonderful player. Obviously, a, a good person. Um, yep, uh, a, a very shy person, and un, un, understandably, I mean, just. <laughs> 
being being a social butterfly is not for everybody. It's just not. And like I, I can relate to some of that a little bit. Um, not making it about me though. Uh, this was talked back in mid June that there is mutual interest between the Raiders and Dominican Sioux per a source. Another team to keep an eye on is the Vikings and Dominican Sioux, of course, won the Super Bowl with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tom Brady team, and all that. Lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady as a member of the Los Angeles Rams in the first go-round with Sean McVay going to the Super Bowl uh, with the Los Angeles Rams to the Patriots. So, obviously, unfortunately, that's not, that's not happened yet, and Dominican Sioux has not uh, emerged with anybody yet, so we'll see. You just never know. Um, super frustrating here. Jim Marshall, again, does not get elected into the Hall of Fame. People are sick of it. Yeah, Jim Marshall should be in the freaking Hall of Fame. He might not be the greatest defensive end to ever play, for crying out loud, but come on. You know, I, I think he should be there. I think he should be there. Longevity, excellence. He, he was really damn good. Um, he, he deserves the recognition, and that's another thing I can relate to. You know, you do a good job. You're around forever, and it's not just you're around forever. You're damn good at what you do. Really good, and it's just the lack of recognition is just terrible and sad, and you could hear the extreme frustration out of this guy back in the 90s. You know, that's a long time ago. He was like, you know, it'd be like, Chad, like that. Yeah, like not mad at Chad, just like uh, Chad Harmon, when Chad Harmon brought it up. He wasn't mad at Chad, just mad at the situation. You know how you kind of say, John, yeah, this this sucks. I'm sick of waiting, you know, like that. Um, and I feel you. I feel you, Jim Marshall. I feel you, Minnesota Vikings, Purple People Eaters fans. He should be in the hall. He should be in the hall. Drew Bunting, again, he's a, obviously he does a podcast as well, says, uh, snubbed again by the Hall of Fame, absolute joke, joke, Jim Marshall belongs in the HOF. He'd actually shared it originally, and then I shared it here. Hopefully he doesn't mind. Just show the dang comments, please. Come on. <laughs> Most relevant, my but They're all relevant, buddy. There we go. Mark Carlson shared it. Yep, the Jim Marshall story on YouTube. I encourage you to check that out. Yep, just basically look that up. Jim Vikings Jim Marshall story on YouTube. A Vicky says that's total BS. He deserves to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. I agree. Uh, Mark Carlson says no justice, no respect. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mark Carlson says without a, without a doubt a gifted athlete and fantastic player. Just think of how his play affected the game and his teammates and, and his teammates. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, final thing, again, this kind of a lighter note, you could say. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, the son of Mike Zimmer. Oh, yes, Mike <laughs> Adam Zimmer. Uh, so what's going on? Yep, yeah, obviously I'd become a, uh, become a co-defensive coordinator along with Andre Patterson a year ago. And now he will be an offensive consultant, offensive uh, analyst for the Cincinnati Bengals, Adam Zimmer. So he'll be an offensive analyst for the Cincinnati Bengals. Some connections, I'm sure, dating back to when Mike Zimmer last was the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2013. He was an assistant defensive backs coach in 2013, him being Adam Zimmer. And, of course, Mike was the defensive coordinator and was hired by the Vike. Vikes. The Mike was hired by the Vikes. Okay, that was cute. Apologize for my silly, stupid uh, way of rhyming things. And again, we talked about... <coughs> pardon me, I'm, I'm, my throat is whistling at us. That's kind of annoying. Irv Smith Jr. again, the thumb surgery and such there. Um, what more is there to say? Really, again, just 
hopeful going forward. Glad we haven't had major injuries and knocked on wood. We don't want to hear about that kind of stuff, but crappy things can happen sometimes. Uh, obviously, an injury to Irv Smith is irritating, but hopefully he can still have a very successful season out there. Uh, it's a thumb injury. And again, Kellen Mond's lack of progress is irritating. Of course, this isn't Mike Zimmer saying, I see him every day this time around. This time, you can't say that. It's still, he's still not emerging, at least as a number two behind Sean Bleeping Mannion here. Sean Mannion. This isn't, uh, this, this isn't Ty Detmer, who was a pretty good backup quarterback back in the day who could start games. This is Sean freaking Mannion, who you wouldn't want to start in a game if your life depended on it. But I'm so glad we re-signed him and, and Kirk Cousins in the offseason. Just great. Genius, <laughs> I guess. So, obviously, I'm not a 1,000% on board with everything Quasey does. I'm not sure, sure he was either, though. Of course, he basically made it clear, well, it's not like we have a Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes. And then now, of course, Quasey Adolfo Mensa is like, ah, don't say too much. Don't say too much. He's kind of talking to himself, saying, don't say too much, Quasey. So, Quasey, you're Quasey, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him for saying, of course, we don't have a Mahomes or a, or a Tom Brady, but it also shows that he wasn't necessarily a thousand percent all in on the signing. That it was more of like, okay, let's just at least give these guys one more shot, this group one more shot, because you got to think, you got to think that Mike Zimmer was kind of holding things back, and a lot of us did believe that, of course, that he was like a governor on a freaking Ferrari. This Ferrari can only go 55, can't go 100, 100 miles an hour, just 55. Straight away, no, no, nothing, no, no obstacles whatsoever, no police. Fifty-five miles an hour—that's all you got, bub. That's all you got. Even though you paid one hundred twenty grand for this Ferrari, guess what? Fifty-five. It's going fifty-five miles an hour because you're like, well, last time we screwed up. You know, we almost crashed the car, even though it was a straightaway. Yeah, we all we we, we screwed up. Uh, we screwed up last time. Okay, Mike Zimmer. But anyhow, um, with that said. That's the hope going forward. I want to thank Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, um, Sam Gupta, Pete Laflamme for joining in the conversation. Uh, I believe there's some more here as well. Even there were a couple more people that had things to say. Dave Hickey, I'm pretty sure I mentioned him, but I didn't. I deeply apologize. Um, on Twitter, of course, Tene Brown as well. Was He was the other one. Really, really appreciate uh, the inclusion, joining joining with the show. Tell your friends to like the page, like or follow the page, like or both, so to speak. Listen to the show, subscribe to it on any of the uh, podcasting apps out there. Write a positive review if you could. We'd really appreciate it. It's getting lonely and stupid, it seems like, lately. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, I think you can just do a star rating. I don't know if you can actually write a review. But Apple Podcasts, you can. Um, Audible, you can. Stitcher, you can. Those of you that have in the past, thank you, thank you, and thank you some more. God bless you. Uh, with that said, we'll see if there's another show in between this and the season preview, but otherwise, get ready for the season preview. It's not that far away either. Uh, we'll get things together here, hopefully. Uh, today was more of a rainy rainy morning and early afternoon, so good, good, uh, fantastic time for podcasting. Now, I guess we'll get back to what's remaining uh, with the summer and all that. Keep up with those preseason games. Enjoy them. Uh, as well, for those of you that give a crap about the preseason, no, I'm kidding. It's it's something to see. It's something to see. It's fun to keep up with guys and all that. Unfortunately, sometimes the later stages of the game can get really blah because the quality of play drops off. But, well, you can see certain guys emerge and earn jobs, and then someday they're the next Matt Burke, you know, like where, you know, like Matt Burke. You, you could see it the way how what a good blocker he was way back in the day. And it's like, this guy looks more like a starting guard in the NFL, and he eventually became a uh, Pro Bowl center for many years. So, 
guys emerge. Guys emerge. We'll have to wait and see how this turns out. Until next time, take care and God bless. Mm -hmm.